first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Catherine, and today we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and Apollo 10 and a Half, A Space Age Childhood. First, we'll, we will be reviewing Sonic the Hedgehog 2 with Gianna, Ava, Tiana, and Soraya. So, Gianna, what is this movie about? Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is about Sonic, who has found a place in his town. And he is living with Tom and Maddie, but he makes it his like mission to go helping others around the town to prove he is a hero. And while Maddie and Tom are out in Hawaii for a vacation, Sonic has the house all to himself and just plans to relax and watch TV. But that all changes when Dr. Robotnik comes back with a new sidekick named Knuckles. And they are looking for a very powerful emerald that they think Sonic can show them where they can find it. And Sonic has to team up with a psychic of his own named Tails as they face off with phone Botnik and Knuckles in an unforgettable battle to the emerald. Sounds very entertaining. It really so, was. Yeah. And so this is a sequel because obviously there's Sonic the Hedgehog 1. <laughs> um, so Ava, do you like recommend seeing the other ones first? Well, I feel like if you didn't see the first one, it wouldn't be like extremely confusing or anything to catch up with the second one. But if you, it would be like helpful to watch the first one, but it isn't like extremely needed to watch it to understand the second. And so you yourself have seen the first one, correct? Yes. Did you have a favorite? Did you like the first or second one better? Were they like pretty equal? I like the second one better because I think the action was better and I like the teamwork with the with Sonic and Tails and I like the second better again with the action. The first one was good, but the first one was a little bit more of background story. Okay, yeah, that sounds good cuz sometimes you need to get all the background first before you can really enjoy a plot, you know? Yeah. Okay, so Tiana, uh, did you like have any like what was your favorite aspect of like the productions? Were there any like notable special effects or like set design? Uh, what I really liked about I think I'll focus on the special effects. The special effects in the film were really cool to watch. Like one of the parts when they're in, I don't exactly know, remember what the place was called, but like these very snowy mountains and just seeing the process of the CGI and getting the characters in, in the middle of a avalanche uh, was pretty cool in terms of the special effects and seeing how they have the rings that bring the characters to different places. Those are all part of special effects and seeing, uh, I actually watched a video on a little bit about the special effects from the film, but I think that's probably one of the coolest aspects, seeing how they fit the characters into such uh, amazing and in a sense unique uh, and special effects. Yeah, for sure. And especially since like the main characters like Sonic and Tails are animated. So I would say that I would hope that the special effects would be good. For sure. And so Soraya, you actually got the chance to interview some of the cast um, on the red carpet. So how was that? It was amazing. I got to interview Idris Elba and his accent was so cool. I've never personally met a person with a different kind of accent besides us, Um, but that was so cool. I also met Colleen. Uh, She was so cool. I loved her bright red dress and it was, it was like amazing. I loved it. Did you have like a favorite interview? I probably would, my favorite would probably be Idris's because, you know, once again, his accent, but also that he, he gave out a really good answer. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) 
And so, okay, Gianna, there are a lot of very talented actors. Did you have like a favorite actor or a character? Yes, I actually had two favorite characters, which is Sonic and Knuckles. Uh, Sonic is one of my favorite characters because he is funny and he has perseverance throughout the whole entire movie, even in the first movie. And he is honestly a bit childish, what I can relate to. Yeah. And I also like Knuckles because he's funny without having any attention, which could be everyone else's favorite too, because. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So Ava, did you, uh, did you think that there was like a good message that could be taken away from Sonic? Yes. Um, even though it's like a more of a, like a kid's movie, I still got like a really important message out of it. Um, I don't want to like spoil. So I'm It's like, it's like about friendship and like the good in people. And I think that you shouldn't like always, just because something happens, you should give people a second chance and you shouldn't always assume the worst in people because of one thing that happens. I think those are some great messages, even if it is more of a kid's movie. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and Apollo 10 and a Half, A Space Age Childhood. Right now, we're continuing our review with Gianna, Ava, Tiana, and Soraya about uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Okay, so Tiana, would you say that fans of the other Sonic, maybe like I think games and there's also a couple other shows I think about Sonic. Uh, do you think that fans of those would enjoy the movie? Um, I think I definitely think that they will enjoy the movie because it's not like they created a big change around the characters. They still have, uh, well, of course, not the same anima- uh, animation because they're CGI, but they still have the same feel to the characters. They still have the same likable personality innocence to the characters even though a little bit of things change there's it's not something where fans will be like who are these characters and I think it's something yeah this is definitely one of those films that you can watch without having to well okay I know that's not really a question but like you don't really have to know about the characters but yeah it's definitely something that even if you're fans of other Sonics you're gonna you're gonna love it no matter what yeah, and I think you were saying, like, you don't really need to, like, have background to enjoy it, you know? Yeah, and uh, oh, another thing I want to add, I talked to a lady named Marlene Sharp. She does some stuff with kids first, but yeah. she's also one of the people who helped create Sonic the Hedgehog. When she oh, wow. And she was saying the same thing, that there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of changes to the characters, so it's definitely something that you can still enjoy. For sure. I feel like that's great when anybody can come and enjoy it. Fans, like, of original stuff and also just more recent fans. For sure. So, Soraya, did you have, like, as I'm hearing, like, from talking to you guys, it's very action-packed and, like, adrenaline pumping. So, did you have maybe a favorite, like, action scene or just a favorite scene in general? Yes. Uh, My favorite scene of Sonic 2 would have to be when Sonic defeats Dr. I forgot. His, well, I'm going to call him Eggman because that's <laughs> what his original name was. Yeah. But um, my favorite scene would have to be when he defeats him and um, where his gold, her, where his fur turns gold. Um, it was super like, it was the CGI and the special effects were so cool. They looked so real. And um, I thought it was so cool of how like, you know, they used teamwork and friendship to help defeat him. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, I feel like that also, you know, the ends of movies are usually some of my favorite parts. So I'm like, oh, don't want to like <laughs> say too much about it. But yeah, like I always, I'd always like, usually my favorite scenes are the end too. So, okay. So Gianna, uh, have you, you've seen the first one, correct? Yes, I have. Okay, so there were some introductions of, like, new characters. Do you think that those new characters fit in well? Yes, I do do think they fit in well because they 
are part of the original Sonic. So if we're so if original Sonic's fans of like the video games or previous TV shows like these characters, they will fit into the plot very well. And I think they just bring a different energy than the first movie had in a good way. Yeah, that's good. I would always say like it's always fun when you watch something that you've been a fan of for a while and yeah. then you see all of your favorite characters start enjoying the franchise. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So for my last questions, you guys can all go around. Uh, what age range and star rating do you give it? I would give the age range of Sonic 2 would be from ages 8 to 18 plus adults. And I would give it a 5 out of 5 stars. I would give Sonic the Hedgehog 2 a 5 out of 5 stars. And I recommend it to ages 7 to 18 plus adults. All right. Uh, I oh good. Sorry, um, I read it from five to eighteen plus adults, and I gave it a five out of five. And I rated five out of five stars and recommended for kids ages eight to eighteen plus adults. And really quick, I want to say there is an end credit scene, so make sure to stay for that. All right, thank you. Let's take thank a break. you. I'm Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Kids First Daddying Film Festival. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and next up, Natalia will be interviewing the cast of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Hello, my name is Natalie Jackson, reporting from Kids First. Today I am reporting in Hollywood, California at Paramount Picture Studio to report on Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the sequel. This is finally the second film on our favorite Blue Hedgehog is back. Join me as I speak with all the cast members, producer and director on their work on this film. And I even got a ticket to see the film firsthand. Oh, Sonic's coming out. I got to go. How are you today? Doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Well, Sonic is back. It's a sequel. It's very big. The first one blew fans way what are you most excited for for number two? Oh well this one we have more Jim Carrey we have Idris Elba we have Colleen O'Shaughnessy so we have Tails and Knuckles and Sonic and we have Robotnik back and it's become like an even bigger movie with more action sequences and there's more comedy more heart so we're trying to just blow the whole world out a little bit to make it even more exciting for fans. Well I think Sonic has definitely evolved I think in the first movie he was very independent he, de- he relied on himself a lot yeah. but I think in the second one that's upcoming you know he's he's it's more fan family, friends, more learning to communicate with others. What do you think will surprise audiences more and what will they learn more about Sonic in this film? First of all, you're right on all accounts. That's a really wonderful way to break down the movie. That uh, Sonic in this movie is truly learning to ask for help, learning to be with his friends and learning how to be a team player and all that stuff. I think with this movie, the biggest thing that I think separates it is this action, is this comedy, is this heart. I think heart is the biggest part of Sonic that kind of is the through line throughout the whole thing. So in the journey that you're explaining, which was perfectly executed, It's that heart that kind of keeps driving Sonic to um, hopefully, you know, grow up like kids grow up and go through things that kids go through. How 
would you describe Sonic and Knuckles' relationship? Oh, okay. So I would say Sonic is speed and kind of like very like comedy. True. And then I think Knuckles is like brute force. Knuckles is brute force and doesn't really get the jokes. He's okay. not in on the joke. He's ready for the action at all times, but he's he doesn't quite comprehend what Sonic's about, you know. But they they fit well together. I think they they bring him some good movie film. I think it's a perfect. Uh, they work perfect together because they're so different in so many ways. And just for the audience, how would you describe Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in three big words? Oh, action, comedy, heart. I All think right. those are the three that I would say. I think those are the perfect words. Well, thanks for speaking with me. It was nice to meet you. Hello, my name is Natalia Jackson, reported from Kids First, and I'm here with the legendary Jim Carrey, who stars as Dr. Robotnik in Sonic the Hedgehog number two. How are you today? Nicely done, Natalia. That's good. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, we all love your character. And just to jump right into it, I'm wondering, what else can viewers expect beside Papa's getting a brand new sash? Uh, total megalomania. <laughs> uh, evil 3.0. Oh, uh, uh, demigoggery. I don't know. I don't even think that's a word. I, I don't. But I think I, I'm going to have to pull up the dictionary about that. I don't know, but it should be. It that's should right. be. Yeah, I think that's there's a lot of malicious activities going on in this film, and I feel like there's quite a lot of evil, sinister things that will be happening, but I feel like fans will love it even more than the first one. You know, i got to be the contrast to yeah. Sonic, which is the, you know, the epitome of yeah. preteen fun and no skepticism and just in love with the world and everything that's happened, and he's not afraid of TikTok. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> he just looks at it as something fun to do. Yeah, no, you know, so it's it's fun to play that role. Yeah, yeah, of course, I understand, and I I do know that, especially since this was filmed during COVID times, you didn't really have that interaction with the other actors and actresses. And how did you really embody that role? How did you get into it? Well, uh, I have a pretty vivid imagination mm -hmm. that we know actually that scares me when the sun goes down. <laughs> oh. And uh, yeah, I've been, I'm, I'm pretty used to like uh, talking to my own voices in my head, so it's not that big a leap to kind of project them. You know? I feel like I was pretty dumb asking that question. You're Jim Carrey. What did I expect? Of course you know how to do this. You've been doing this for years. Yeah, and you know, with, it, is, it is kind of strange when you think about it. And It's strange to meet the cast after you've made the movie, some of them that you've never seen before. Yeah, it's like, hey, I, you're in the movie with me? No. Who would have known? Colleen O'Shaughnessy I hadn't seen for two movies. She, yeah, she was buried somewhere <laughs> on a soundstage. Well, lastly, just to end this all, what are three big words besides the word that you completely made up earlier to um, kind of sum up what Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is about. It's family fun. Family fun. That's a word. That's a real word. In the That's three of them. Oh, family fun. It's family fun. It's family fun. I, I missed out on the it part. Yeah, see? <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mr. Jim. It was really nice to speak to you. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and Apollo 10 and a Half, A Space Age Childhood. Right now, we're continuing Natalia's interview with the cast of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Well, it is a beautiful day out here today, and I think the most important thing about this is it is a sequel. You were in the first film, and now you are back. What does this film... Yeah, you are just back. I'm back. You're back. He's just, he just Stone. back. <laughs> Agent Stone is back. You are one of a fan favorite character. People love you. People relate to you. Now tell me, what does this film relate about your character? What does this film reveal about them that we didn't know in the first film? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't think I've been asked that. Uh, so what we don't know about Agent Stone yet that we get to see in, in Sonic 2, I think you really get to see how much he misses the doctor, right? Because the doctor went off to the mushroom planet. Uh, Agent Stone went through a little bit of a depressive state. I, I think there was a lot of crying involved. Um, I think he's worked on perfecting his latte a little bit with that Austrian goat milk, you know? And, um, and yeah, and I think he's just preparing himself for the inevitable return of the doctor. I think he believes. I, I think we believe too as the audience. We, we, you have Right? It's it's the power and believing in Sonic and everyone else. And 100%. And we know you. We know we are familiar with your relationship with Jim Carrey, working with him throughout these films. What is it like working with someone you are so close with in real life? How's the connection on set? Oh man, it's so cool. Like working with Jim. Like for me, 
like, you know, I grew up with his stuff, right? So he's a hero of mine, and to work with him, coming back for the second one, a little bit less nerves this time, right? Um, but yeah, so generous, so collaborative. Uh, we had such a good time together, uh, share laughs. Like, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. There's like, nothing beats it. You look beautiful today. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Well, Sonic the Hedgehog is back, and that first movie blew fans away. We are excited. You are one of our favorite characters. We love Rachel. And this film is very important because Sonic actually reveals a lot about himself and his friends. He has a lot of familiar moments with them, and he learns that it's okay to not just be so independent. So why don't you tell me your um, relationship as a tall... I'm sorry, Rachel. I'm getting... My, this is like the sixth time I've said my name already. As Rachel with Hedgehog. Sonic the Hedgehog. Here I go messing up again. Why don't you... I'm just very nervous. You're pretty legendary over here. So... My relationship with Sonic in the first movie, if you remember, I spent most of it tied up in a chair peeing myself. So I would say my relationship was fear-based at first. And we grow. I feel like just like Sonic's relationship is evolving, my relationship to Sonic and the whole family is evolving too. That is definitely true. I think the first film brought a lot of laughs and this one is just going to bring more. Why don't you tell me what the most challenging part of bringing her to life? Oh man, I think some of the hardest parts are when you're uh, acting with the animated characters because it's a tennis ball you're talking to and you have to pretend like it's real. So it takes a lot of concentration not to be distracted, but it was just such a wonderful experience. I can, I definitely am always wondering that. How do actors and actresses really get into the mode when they're speaking to a water ball or a ball or just a plain screen and the actor's not really there with them? But I think you embodied the character just perfectly, so great job on that as well. And if you could describe Sonic the Hedgehog in three big words, what would those words be? Um, brilliant, beautiful, and uh, uh, blue. <laughs> I'm here with James Marsden, who portrays the role of Tom in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great to be here chatting with you. Thank you. I'm glad to, and it's an honor to be chatting with you as well. Well, first and foremost, we do know that they filmed this during the times of COVID. What were the biggest challenges? I know that it was, it must have been very hard, especially considering that many of the scenes, you weren't physically there with the people, you know, you were just talking to an animated ball or just the plain walls. So what was your biggest challenge? Well, that, you're right. It's very, that's, that was helpful that I was acting opposite a piece of tape or a tennis ball or a stuffed animal. Yeah. Um, but this was my first movie back during the pandemic, so it was a little tiptoeing into the set and figuring out what the protocols were. And we were very safe on set. It was masks and shields and all this. But um, but you're right. It actually, in, because Sonic's nature is a mix of live action and animation, it was easier for us to kind of be isolated in a way, you know? Um, but it was good. We were just, you know, we were testing all the time, and then we went in and just had a great time. And because we had so much fun on the first movie, and it became like this very tightly knit family, it just we, we just sort of like, you know, fell right back into that with ease. It was nice to see everybody and have fun again. Well, you are coming back. You were in the first film, and now you are back for part two. The first one, absolutely amazing, hilarious, super speedy, as we all know. And now you are back. What draws you to keep coming back to Sonic? What, what do you love most about portraying the role of Maddie? I mean, I grew up with Sonic, so just to be in a movie with him, but then to be in a movie with James Ma James Mazin, no, James Marsden, and uh, Jim Carrey, and Brian Swartz, and Natasha Rothwell, and all of us, you know, it's... I I feel like the messaging is something my daughter and I, I can get behind for my daughter, but also for me to remind me like, you know, friends are the family you choose. And then also asking for help and all those good things that um, I feel like nowadays and kindness, you know, those are the things we need now more than ever. Especially. And, and speaking of having a young daughter, you know, I feel like, of course, this is a family friendly movie, hilarious laughs, there's so much. But what do you think the younger audience could take away from this as a life lesson? That exactly that kindness and um, asking for help is okay. You can't do everything by yourself. And independence is cool. And I always tell parents, for me, when you want to, um, you got to let things go, especially with Sonic in this one. And then they'll come back to you, you know. And kids just got to feel themselves for a little bit, you know. And then they'll realize, wait, mom, dad, cousin, auntie, I need you, you know. That's all for me. Natalie Jackson signing out, reporting from Kids First. I had an amazing time here in Hollywood, California at Paramount Picture Studio, where I got to meet the entire cast of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Super exciting. Even got to speak with legendary Jim Carrey. He's pretty funny. And I got to watch the movie. I also got a Build-A-Bear Sonic, and I got a custom bear balloon. Pretty awesome. I had an amazing time. Thanks so much for watching. Bye.
Let's take a break. I'm Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Kids First Daddying Film Festival. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and next up, we will be reviewing Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore with Ava. Hi, Ava. Hi. Okay, so I actually have seen this, but for those who have not, what is Fantastic Bees, The Secrets of Dumbledore about? So, Gala Grindelwald is trying to take control of the Wizarding World, and Dumbledore puts Newt Scamander and a team together to stop him from that happening. And so, have you seen the first, uh, the first two Fantastic Beasts? I didn't watch the other two. I was a little young when those came out. Okay. So do you think that seeing seeing the first two would have helped you understand with some context? Or do you think that you understood it fine? In the very beginning, it started off kind of fast. So I felt that I would have understood the beginning if I watched the other two um, before it. But after that, and I kind of got more context, what was going on in this movie I understood from like maybe towards the middle on yeah that's my only thing like I would say I would probably recommend watching it uh just because up until like the middle it's gonna be very confusing yeah have you like read or watched any of the Harry Potter movies I did watch um the Harry Potter movies up until like movie six so from what you've seen, did you like the Harry Potter movies or the Fantastic Beasts movies better? I definitely liked the Fantastic Beasts better. Um, I liked the action and like the background. It was just a little more interesting and captivating for me rather than Harry Potter. I got a little bored watching Harry Potter, but Fantastic Beasts kept my attention the whole time. Yeah, I can understand that, especially because I feel like they are very different even though they are within the same world this one more focuses like it's a prequel or prequel plural <laughs> uh so it's it, it covers a lot of different things that you wouldn't have really thought about while watching the harry potter so i can understand or the harry potter franchise so i can understand uh why you would enjoy fantastic beast better yeah so what was your favorite production aspect? Did you like, did you like the settings and the CGI or like, what about it? Did you, or did you like it at all? I guess. <laughs> I liked it a lot, but the setting was really interesting. Like it was so detailed and like it, they worked really hard on it to make it look extremely realistic. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was like real, but I'm not sure if it was like a set or not, but it was amazing like all the people in the background like made it look like it was actually like happening with real society and stuff but in like wizards like hiding within the world and it was really crazy and a lot happened in the movie so the setting was really fun 
I agree. I thought that the setting was very interesting, especially because I feel like they made the camera, I feel like it kind of looked like they were using almost like a filter to make it look more kind of gray and gloomy a bit. So I always thought that that was super cool. Um, what did you think about like the, uh, quote unquote, fantastic beasts? Yeah. Well, they were really, they were interesting because it, it almost looked like a mermaid and like a horse together. And I thought it was a really cool idea how an animal can see into like yourself and see if you're like a good person almost and like if you're truly pure and it picks their leader and I just thought the concept was really interesting it's definitely very cool the concepts of everything like especially since that's kind of like a newer like that animal has just like kind of been introduced I feel like it's very cool that it has a whole backstory and a whole Yeah. yeah I thought that that was very cool um so what age range and star rating do you give it I give this a five out of five and I recommend it for 13 to 18 plus adults because I feel like it can be a little confusing for like younger people. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you for having me. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and Apollo 10 and a half, A Space Age Childhood. Right now I am passing it over to Tiana to ask me some questions about Apollo 10 and a half, A Space Age Childhood. All right. Hi, Catherine. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Super excited to speak to you about Apollo 10 and a half, a space age top childhood. For so sure. I haven't seen this, of course, and I've never actually even heard of it. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So Apollo 10 and a half is about a 10 and a half year old uh, named Stan, and he lives in the suburbs of Houston during the race to get to the moon. So this is late 1960s. And I feel, I guess NASA is going, of course, trying to go to the moon, but they've built uh, the lunar module too small. So they have to get a young child to actually go to the moon and test it out before all of the actual Apollo 11 crew can go onto the moon and they have to cover it all up. (laughs) Wow. That sounds like a pretty eventful story. Yes, it is. So what drew you to reviewing this film? Well, I really loved the idea. I, you know, I'm fascinated with space. It's very cool. And I feel like, you know, wow, it's really weird because it's like a history isn't always as it seems or whatever, even though I'm not to my knowledge, (laughs) this didn't happen. Uh, But I feel like it's like, whoa, what if that did happen? You know, I always thought that that'd be very cool. Yeah, that does sound pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. So this is an animated film, correct? Yeah. So what did you like about the animation? Because I know from you describing it, it sounds like something that could be a live action, but it's animated. So what did you like about the animation? Like what feel did it give? So it's actually very cool because originally it was going to be live action, but they changed it to kind of they would take their actors Uh, and they would put them on a green screen they would film them doing the actions but then like animate like hand draw over that so I always thought I was like that it's just so unique and not like anything I've really seen before so I thought that that was super cool yeah that's a pretty interesting way I have never heard of that method of animation yeah I haven't either so I thought that it was very interesting that they used uh or that this is the animation that they used for sure And so you actually got to speak to the director of this film. What was it like speaking to him and what things did you learn about the film from him? Yeah, so it's very, it was actually very cool. Uh, His responses were very detailed, so it was very nice to talk to him. Uh, But it, it really like showed how much or like how long he'd been thinking about this and how personal it was as he grew up. Uh, during this era and he remembers watching the lunar landing and you know it was always like he talked about how it was like his dream or whatever like it's kind of a love letter to his childhood so I loved how it was kind of like semi-autobiographical 
Wow, that's a very, very heartwarming way, especially that he took it from a, in a sense, personal level to create this. Yeah. So what was your favorite part from this film? My favorite part was probably, I liked when he was training because it just kind of shows everything that you have to go through. But I also love the transitions that they used because they would kind of like the first half, not like half, but kind of half of the movie was kind of about life in Houston, like the suburbs of Houston. I thought that that was also very cool. So it was just a very likable movie in general. I'm sure it seems pretty relatable, especially it being a kid. Yeah. So for my last question, what star rating would you give this film and what age recommendation do you have? So I gave it five out of five stars. I really liked this movie. I think that everyone should go watch this. Um, And I think that I gave it, um, I think that I gave it for age range 10 to 18. I think it's kind of like there are some graphic injuries um, and it's kind of some bad influences, like of course stuff that like happened in the sixties that was okay, but isn't really okay now, like smoking and like riding in the back of a pickup truck without seat belts and also like setting fireworks off in random places. I, I'm just like, Oh, maybe we shouldn't show that to younger kids. So yeah, I give it to, uh, or I gave the age rating is like 10 to 18 plus adults and also people who like love space or like remember the actual lunar landing. Well, of course I wasn't even born when that happened. Right. But I I will definitely have to check that out. Thanks for speaking with me about this film. Yeah, of course. Let's take a break. I'm Tiana from Delaware and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Kids First Daddying Film Festival. You can join online from June 13th to June 20th, 2022. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into kids first coming attractions on the voice america empowerment channel shh turn your phone off another film review or celebrity interview is coming up hey welcome back i'm your host tiana sermons from delaware and you are listening to kids first coming attractions today we've been talking to Catherine about apollo 10 and a half a space age childhood next up we will be listening to Catherine's interview with director richard linklater on apollo 10 and a half space-aged childhood. Hi, I'm Catherine reporting for Kids First, and today I have the opportunity to speak with the Academy Award-nominated filmmaker Richard Linklater. Richard is a self-taught writer, director, and producer. He is well known for his films Boyhood, Dazed, and Confused, uh, School of Rock, and Slacker, along with many, many more. Hi, Mr. Linklater. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? Good to be here. I'm good. How are you? I'm at NASA. Look over my shoulder. That's an actual. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, we're having a screening tonight. That's that suit's been on the moon. Nice. (laughs) So in previous interviews, you've mentioned that you knew that you just had to make this movie. So when did you first realize this and what like what was like what was there like a, a cataclysm? Hmm. Well, I thought of this movie live action for a long time, but then I just once I started thinking of it animated, it really started working in my mind. And this is, you know, 
16 years ago or so. You know, it's, it's a while back, 16, 17 years. So I spent many years thinking about it, what it should be, what it shouldn't be. But it was really just a moment in my own childhood. You know, I'm old enough to, I was in second grade when we walked on the moon the first time. So I was thinking back like, oh, that'd be an interesting movie to kind of capture that, what was in the air at that moment, both personally and culturally, and kind of this, this kid fantasy too that was, I had had. So it was pretty magical to kind of spin all those things together in one movie. Try to tell exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you've, you've just kind of known your whole life, like, oh, I think I should make this movie. No, it hit me, you know, somewhere along the way. You don't really appreciate it. You know, sometimes it takes a lot of time to really process your own life and go, it was like, oh, that was an interesting time culturally, you know, because history sort of shakes out things. You know, some things get more important. Some things go away. Some things you think are really important turn out not to be. Some trivial things you didn't pay much attention to become big things in world history. And I guess I felt that about um, the Apollo program and walking on the moon. When I was a kid, it was just the next thing we were doing. It was so obvious. Oh, we're walking on the moon, then we're going to go to Mars, and we're going to, you know, Jupiter and, you know, all that. And you realize, oh, all those other things haven't really happened yet. And decades are going by. It's like, oh, that was an apex. That was the, the top of the heap. So to yeah. me, it felt like, oh, that, that's worthy of a, of a depiction from a kid's point of view about just what it was like. Because, I mean, there's only... You know, there's only 12 people ever walked on the moon, but like hundreds and, you know, 600 million people watched it on TV. So there weren't enough depictions of it, just what life was like just to be a citizen and particularly to be a kid at that time. I thought uh, that's a big enough deal to warrant that kind of scrutiny. Yeah. And you've also, you just mentioned this a little while back that you originally thought that it was going to be a live action movie, but then you kind of change it to animation. So what led you to change it? Was there any point where you filming and you just thought like, oh, this isn't right? Or was it before, like when you were writing? The film you're making in your head for the years leading up to actually making it. And it's got to work there at a conceptual level. And it just wasn't really working live action. I think because of the blend of fantasy and reality, it still felt like, like it was kind of engaging the critical mind rather than the more fantastical creative fantasy mind so it i had to once it was animated that's when i knew it would work so i think you got to give yourself time to figure things out you know like what what will allow some especially when you're trying to do something different you haven't necessarily seen before you got to kind of give it time to take the shape and become what it what it wants to be effectively but you're always working on it. So there was a lot of research to do, a lot of, uh, I don't know, just a lot of thinking went into it, you know? Yeah, and I think that changing it to animation was definitely a great choice because I feel like it was more engaging, for sure. Yeah, I, I think so. And there's something kind of fun about animation just in its, in its texture, just in its existence. It feels to me, I'm always kind of, you know, I, I'm, enlivened a little bit it feels like you know for me it'll always be saturday morning cartoons and it'll have this kind of youthful vibe even if the film's not necessarily a kids movie it kind of gives a certain buoyancy that i thought was good for the movie kind of its optimistic fun tone that the real world can kind of challenge so i just thought oh animation all the better all the better that it, you know mm -hmm. it, it works you know yeah and so you previously worked with Jack Black in School of Rock and in Bernie. So did this history with him at all like influence you choosing him to play the voice of older Stan? Yeah, well, first off, it's just a joy to work with Jack anytime I can. But I know that his mom had been a, an engineer at NASA at this very time. So um, I knew it. his family was proud of her you know, contributions. Everybody worked at in the Apollo program to this day, you know, very proud of what they worked on. You know, why wouldn't they be? It's an incredible achievement, the greatest ever. So I know that loomed large in Jack's family's history. And uh, he was a little kid. He, he wasn't, he was born just after the moon landing. So I think it was fun for him personally to go back to this era that had meant a lot to his mom. And 
you know, kind of explore it and, you know, bring his Jack Blackness to it, which is always fun. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I didn't actually know that his mom worked for, yes, I feel like that's very cool. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, he said he definitely did not inherit her engineering brain, but she was (laughs) at the top of the heap, you know, like, how did they do that? It's people like Jack's mom who are the people who make all this stuff work. You know, (laughs) that's unbelievable. How, how gifted and smart you know some people are in this world thankfully mm-hmm. well that's all the time we have so thank you so much for talking with me yeah really nice talking to you yeah okay well i'm wishing you all the best and everything thank you okay good talking to you you are listening to kiss first coming attractions today we have been talking about sonic the hedgehog 2 fantastic beast the secrets of dumbledore and Apollo 10 and a half, a space age childhood. Right now we are going to listen to Soraya's red carpet interview with Colleen O'Shaughnessy, Idris Elba, Sammy Warshaw, and Natasha Roswell from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Hey guys, it's Soraya, and today I'm here at Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie premiere. And guess who's here? Jim Carrey, playing as Dr. Eggman. I am so excited to interview him, and this movie is going to be so epic. Epic. Hi, I'm Idris, and this is Soraya at Kids Fest. He plays as Knuckles in Sonic 2. How, what was your favorite part of playing Knuckles? Uh, creating his voice. Like, when I got the job, I didn't know what his voice was going to sound like, and uh, just creating it, so I went for a range of voices. Like, I did a squeaky voice, and then I did a really deep voice, and that didn't make sense, so I kind of found somewhere in the middle. So, let's go on to the first question. What was your thought process like turning into a fox? Well, um, it's like I do for every character. To me, they're real characters. It's not that he's a fox or not a fox. He could be a cat, he could be a dog, he could be a person. To me, they're, they're people, and um, I just go from there. Okay. How did it feel playing as Tails? Oh, it feels great. I just love him so much. He's just so sweet and smart and loyal and wonderful. I love him. Thank you. Um, now, for the last and final question, what would you rate Sonic, like, throughout the whole games, everything? Oh, I give him a 10 for sure. I mean, I, I don't know, what, what's, our, what's our scale? Is it 1 to 10? Yeah. <laughs> if it's 1 to 10, it's a 10. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't everybody, everybody love Sonic. Even I do. Great. I think you should. He's great. He's fast. He's funny. He's, you know, he's a goofball. We love him. Hi. It, hi. It's Soraya reporting from Kids First Live, and I'm here with Jeff Fowle. Hi. This is a pleasure being with you today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay. What what what, what made you want to make a Sonic 2? We had so much fun on the first film. Uh, getting Sonic set up as a character, getting uh, Robotnik set up as a character, and now we're just having a blast, just building the world out, bringing some of these fan favorite characters like Tails and Knuckles, and just having, uh, just making a really big movie, a big Sonic movie, lots of action, lots of adventure, lots of comedy, just, uh, and I couldn't be more proud of, of, of the film we made. What do you hope the audience will take away from this film? Oh, just that they have an amazing time. I hope everybody gets their family, their friends, big bucket of popcorn, and just just goes and finds the biggest screen imaginable and just has a really great time. It's such a big movie. I know everyone's going to love it. Yeah, I know I'm going to love this one, too, because I had so much fun with the first movie. It was so probably one of my favorite movies, and probably this one's going to be, too. Oh, that's great to hear. I hope so. I, th- I think you're going to like it. If you like the first one, this one has everything the first one had and so much more. So. All right. Thank you for interviewing me. Reporting live from Kids First, this is Jeff Fowle and Soraya Rodriguez. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Have fun. You did good. Say jam. Hi, I'm Soraya, reporting from Kids First, and today I'm here with Sammy Warshaw. So, how was it like filming Sonic 2? It was an amazing experience, you know, everyone was super supportive of the film and it feels really good to have it come to life in front of all these people. It's a lot of hard work. What was your favorite part? You know, I'm not going to lie, my favorite part is just Sonic and Tom on that rowboat talking about life. I think uh, I think everyone can relate to that. Do you love playing Sonic film, playing Sonic games, or do you love playing Sonic games? I love playing Sonic games and playing them my whole life. And I was very fortunate when I was asked to work on these films because uh, I look at it as a great privilege. Hello, guys. I'm 
here with Natasha from Sonic. That's right. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. So, you're an aunt in movies one and two. So, like, what would you say was did what, what was one of your the naughty things that your your kid? Oh well, in the first one, as you know, she ties me to a chair runs around the house and I beg to go to the bathroom and then I say I don't have to go anymore because I went on myself. Um, so she gets up to some trouble in this first one. In the second one, she is at the wedding, of course. Uh, one of my flower girls, she's carrying the rings. Um, and it's beautiful to see her from the first time we shot to this time because the real actress that plays her has grown up too. So it's been really cool to be an aunt in a movie and I'm an aunt in real life too. Oh, that's pretty cool. How did it feel to play Natasha? Um, how did it feel to play the, my character, Rachel? Um, <laughs> well, playing Rachel is so much fun because um, I got to pretend to be in a, a, an action hero. I'm in a wedding dress in the second one, um, and then I sort of switch into action hero mode uh, when I'm looking for my fiance who I can't find, so I go on the hunt for him, and it's really fun. All right, guys, that wraps it up. Thank you, thank you, Natasha, for being here. Thank you so much. This is Soraya Rodriguez, reporting from Kids First. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Kids First Daddying Film Festival, which you should join online from June 13th to June 20th, 2022. I'm Tia Sermons from Delaware reporting for Kids First. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.